everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Power Passion Podcast. I am joined by a team of amazing dudes right here. They are absolutely beautiful human beings, but obviously uh, there's a lot of people here and it's going to be a blast and a half. And Rami's turned his freaking camera off because he's probably laughing right now. <laughs> Abdul, how you going, man? What's new? Abdul. Isolating. How you going, man? Yeah, I mean, not as bad as I thought. Um, but I, I mean, it's, it's, it has been a little bit hard because, I mean, I'm the kind of person that, that likes to be, you know, outside doing something, you know, being active. So it, um, it can be hard, you know, staying at home and not doing much, you know, because there isn't, like, there isn't a lot you can do at home. And especially... Um, walk, like, five <laughs> metres to the kettle. Just, like, put the kettle on coffee yeah walk back out get your pitch for it, it is, just make it is. sure there's no one around has anyone got coronavirus around me i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i hope not yeah so um especially because um um two of us are you know studying at university um university is now all online and i mean me honestly i don't really i do like the face-to-face uh, engagement so it has been a bit hard but I guess um, that's how we have to deal with this yeah we do we do and even because I've gone into university you've got to sit on a table by yourself and there's obviously the social distancing rule which is like 1.5 meters but yeah I agree with you like this lack of human interaction has uh, forced well this this podcast to happen because <laughs> let's be let's be real guys I mean we're just like oh god let's have some socialization there's so many so Absolutely. much i can do with eating cereal like i'm i'm freaking you know um jason siegel and forgetting sarah mark <laughs> <laughs> just good movie good movie yeah what do you study mason i study uh, international business minoring and entrepreneurship how about you man i'm doing electrical engineering masters for sure yeah. elijah you were telling Hello. me the other day, because I love the look. I love the look. Explain to me your facial grooming right now. I just want I just want to be schooled into your perfection of the mo. Okay, at the moment, I haven't shaved for a good two weeks. Haven't really had anything to go to, anything to look presentable for. So, yeah, just been a bit lazy. That's pretty much it, to be honest with you. I love it, because it's got a nice, solid jawline. And you're like, you're loving it, loving it, man. Thanks, Absolutely. bro. Thank you. Mason, I mean, I, I want that jawline. Yeah, there's only one jawline in this video chat and it's yours. No, <laughs> come on, I don't want this podcast to be just everyone like flattering my ego. Come on. So, Abdul, right. so what are your thoughts on the state of the US election? Do you follow that or are you more an Australian politics guy? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I guess um, I had been following... Bernie Sanders for quite a while now. Um, you know, I, I started following him in the previous elections and um, even through these elections that are coming up. And, you know, I'm a Bernie uh, Sanders man myself. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I you, that's how I feel. feeling going on, guys. Come on, do you have an opinion? Are you not a Bernie Sanders man? What, what are you guys, like, Trumpians over I there? Think we're around that millennial age, so we we do like identify with Bernie and his policies, 
but he's he is getting on a bit. Does he have the the strength and the physicality for the job? Who knows? Um, but yeah, we're going to see how his campaign goes, I guess. Biden's leading, by the way, guys. Biden is really leading, and Bernie's going to have to like assess his kind of campaign strategy. I agree. I I do like Bernie Sanders in full context. I did see that podcast. I think Joe put that up there. But yeah, Elijah. If you were going to yes. run Australia, how would you do it? Go on, mate. You're the PM for the moment. What would you do? Like at this exact moment in time with yeah. the current what would you crisis? Do, man? What would you do, man? Because, <laughs> I mean, anything goes. It seems like you can mm. do get away with a lot of things as the state right now, you know? Well, I, I mean, I'll definitely lock all the borders, try and contain the virus. That'd be priority number one. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be looking to offer, you know, healthcare, aid, all that type of stuff where I can. Um, definitely with everyone that's like losing their jobs at the moment, I'll try and offer assistance to keep the economy going, bit of a stimulus package. Um, yeah, at the moment, um, the government can't really look to earn any money or do anything like that. It's more of, you know, it's a crisis. So it's more of damage control at the minute. Yeah, because it's like, Obviously, you've got grocery chains that obviously will be absolutely... People are going to increase their average spend on groceries. Comfort food's going to go up. Uh, bottle loads will probably, you know, they'll probably be making money. But for like hairdressers need to shut down, sporting clubs. It's oh, just yeah. absolutely on lockdown. I really feel like this is the beginning of a zombie movie, guys. And uh, it's like seven days later. Have you ever guys watched that movie? It's like, seriously, it's getting a bit crazy out there. I haven't seen that one. I noticed in your last video, you do have a quite a significant collection of toilet paper rolls that I was I very do, envious I do. of. Yes, I do. Yes, I'm, I'm stocked up on my toilet paper. <laughs> How many rolls you got, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, about seven. Seven? Jeepers. Yeah, that's, that's three days in Abdul's household. <laughs> Well, I mean, my parents always always told me that they raised a little shit, so I better get as much toilet paper as possible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mason, we all came here to hear Abdul's story. Abdul's a motivational speaker, well, youth speaker. I, you, mate, you take the conversation where you want it. I don't want to lead the whole thing. Oh, no, not at all. It is your show. I'm um, very successful. How about, show, how about we flip the, flip the script? We interview you, Mason. Oh, shit. Brownie I mean, hater. Uh, 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 so you guys are going to throw. So what you're saying is towards me. <laughs> huh? Oh, it's a reference to the whole Jordan Peterson interview ages ago. Oh, yes. Jordan yeah. Peterson, the esteemed psychologist. Peterson of about, the Jordan. What do you think about Jordan Peterson, Mason? He's a very strapping young gentleman. He's a little bit grey and old these days and he's got some good common sense. However, he does rant and go on and on and on and on and uh, sometimes he doesn't get to the point, clearly. Are you a red pill man, Mason? MGTOW, that type of thing? I'm probably a level zero MGTOW right now, yeah. It's, it's tough, guys. Yeah, so, so you're out of the beta cuck phase? Yes, mate. Yes. Oh, hey, do you believe in alphas and betas, Mason? <laughs> I don't know. I what kind of question is that? Look at Mason, <laughs> certified alpha. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a, not, not wrong there, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Biologically speaking, I'm a man. Are you, are you single or are you taken, Mason? 
I am uh, question for the viewers at home. With both hands. Oh, Jeepers! That's a. What was that? You Ooh. are <laughs> in a relationship with both hands, left and right. Both, both, both hands simultaneously, or? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you guys are trolls. I love it. Um. So anyway, but I mean, I'm running a meme-based social network, so who cares? Um. So Abdul, tell me more about your upbringing and. I suppose your views on religion and how that grounds you as a person. Um, well, um, so my parents come from a Pakistani background um, where, you know, most of Pakistan is uh, predominantly 95% of Pakistanis are Muslim. So um, I was, uh, I grew up in the Muslim faith and um, at the age of uh, four, we left to Saudi Arabia from Australia because um, 9-11 had just happened and, um, you know, things weren't looking that great for Muslims over here. You know, there was a bit of discrimination taking place, uh, especially in the workforce. So um, we uh, decided to go to Saudi Arabia. So I lived there for, for 11 years. And what was the sound? Um, Sorry, that and, was me. Yeah. and we came, uh, we came back to Australia seven years ago. And um, Rami, put your phone on silent, mate. Yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, that's a bit annoying. I'm trying um, to listen to the story. Ram <laughs> dog. Yeah, um, I guess with the, I guess with religion, um, it gives you certain values and uh, certain principles that you can, you know, that you can live by. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, uh, that someone who doesn't follow a religion or doesn't, um, you know, adopt one uh, wouldn't have those values or uh, principles. But I think um, it still um, gives you a bit of grounding. And I think uh, the society and uh, culture as it is nowadays uh, does have a lot of um, values and uh, principles from that's that has stemmed from religion that may have, you know, uh, been from many thousand years ago. Yeah. Judeo Christianity, it stems from a lot of that. And it also gives people the idea of, uh, I suppose this, this notion of a good person and what that might be and, and how you can represent yourself as a role model, because we are getting, well, I personally am getting into my late, late twenties now. So I'm more aware of it now than I ever have been mid twenties. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? That like every time you speak or engage in society, you realize that you have influence over young people. So obviously there's a little bit of clowning around in this podcast, but at the same time, we have there's a time and place for diplomacy and exactly what Abdul was talking about because it grounds you and it gives you a certain framework on how to live your life, which is, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Mason, um, this is a question that uh, me and the boys have been uh, asking behind closed doors. Oh God! What was your inspiration uh, behind writing uh, "Escaping the Victim Mindset" uh, mentality? Sorry if I butchered uh, the yeah, title there. Escaping the Victim Mindset, that book, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as in, why I wrote it? Yeah. What was your What was the reason behind that? Yeah, I've always been a writer, like even uh, at high school. Um, I suppose I like writing because it's kind of like a cathartic release. Like I know I present this, you know, strong 
alpha presence, which, by the way, I think is complete jargon and just stereotypes that are BS. Um, but I wrote the book because I love writing and I love expressing myself creatively. I'm half a grammatical idiot, um, but I do get some good feedback from the book and I am very uh, provocative um, in my language and I intentionally use the words of a kickboxer uh, in the first opening sentence to grab people's attention. So I, uh, I start the book by saying um, I can hear people's brains exploding when I say depression is not real. Obviously, I know that depression is real, but the whole point of that book is it's a bit of satire. It's a bit of um, provocative, entertaining material. And the reason I wrote that book and my second book, Algorithm Addiction, is because young people don't read. So if I can provide some sort of entertaining reading material that are only like a hundred or so pages, then that could add some value to society. That's not to say that my books are the best because they're not, but it'll get better over time because I think like your first hundred thousand words as an author are going to be complete, you know, well, not, not great. And it'll only get better as time progresses. Mm. Okay. All right, Rami, let's hear your story, mate. Been very silent over there, Rami. My story. Yeah. What? Like, be specific. What do you want to know exactly? Where were you born? What have you been up to? I don't want to say where I was born, but last time I said I got hit. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, mate. It's a virtual chat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice chest, Mason. Anyways, um, <laughs> come on, mate. I was going to say it too. An influencer, bro. This is all about the entertainment. Right, Rami, yeah. what's the best joke you've ever heard? Come on, mate, tell a dad <laughs> worthy joke. Come on, see, I'm oh, not very have a good one. I have a good one, but uh, I, Eli told me this one. So an okay. old lady, a middle-aged lady, went up to the checkout. Okay. You know, yeah, he doesn't know. All right, went up to the checkout and she put like the cucumber and shit on the whatever the fucking thing. Then, yeah, the check the checkout lady said, "Oh, you look single." And she was like, oh, what makes you say that? Because she thought she was, like, she was flattered. And she goes, because you're ugly. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the point of the joke is it's, it's, a, it's not, it's just common sense. It's, Come on, mate. it's one of those jokes where it's just like literally it's in front of you and you're expecting the punchline but the punchline is that there isn't a punchline because you're just telling oh, wait. yeah actually i have i have a, I have a really dirty joke Do you want to, can i say dirty jokes or yeah of course you can like dirty this is the power passion podcast and we've got more than we've got four people in the chat so we can say whatever we want to there's a line obviously i don't know where that will take us this is getting published right of course it is <laughs> Oh, excellent. Um, well, wait one second. Let me... Someone speak while I remember the joke, now I'll cut in. All right, okay, so it. once upon okay. a time in a land far, far away, four men gathered in a podcast. Eli, Mason, Devereux, Smith, Abdul and Rami were puzzled, perplexed as they watched Mason go on and on. How come you're like the only university one that got the, the surname reference? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Rami. What's Mason. the joke? I forgot the joke. <laughs> Abdul, can you tell me what's the key to leadership and public speaking? Because I personally 
am okay at public speaking, but I can get better. Obviously, there's a lot more refinement. I guess, um, you know, leadership's quite a big topic. So I might, I might just start off with public speaking. Um, I guess in my experience, it's, it's all about, it's all about um, feeling confident in yourself. So um, if you, you know, like it's, it's really hard for, you know, others to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. So when you, when you get out there, um, whatever you may want to, you know, speak on, it's, it's important to, um, you know, believe in yourself and then know what you're talking about. Um, because uh, let's say you struggle with a topic, it'd be really hard to, you know, speak on it. And obviously you're going to be nervous. Um, but I guess just like as you were saying about writing, uh, writing books, um, I, I remember the saying that it takes, uh, I think, uh, what was it, 10,000 hours to become an expert in something. Heard, so, yeah. yeah, so just, just like, uh, you know, time. just like that, just like with writing, um, even with speaking, I guess it, it just takes time and, uh, you know, there is a certain, I guess, art to, uh, speaking, but I guess the more you do it, the easier it gets. And, um, then you will feel more comfortable in your shoes. Yeah, absolutely. Rami, who's your favorite public speaker? Like who's your favorite content creator, politician, musician that gets up in an award and always goes, you know, Beyonce had the best music video of all time, of all time, <laughs> like Kanye. Maybe it's Kanye. Is Kanye your favorite speaker? Uh, <laughs> let's go into like different contexts. Well, a podcast, I'd say you first. Oh, <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Flatter <laughs> And then probably Joe Rogan. I like Joe Rogan a lot. Um, public speaking. I like a bit of Tony Robbins. What do you think about Tony Robbins, Mason? Big Tony's Tony an interesting character, but I want to know exactly what your views are on soccer or football. I, I, shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have said soccer. Oh, God. What are your views on the Champions League, man? Well, isn't it isn't it cancelled now? <laughs> well, it might be, but I mean, if it, say this all blows over and we play again, what are your views on it? I'm a Man City type of fan. Okay. What does yeah. your shirt say, Rami? Uh, yeah, forget about that. Wait, is that why you asked, Mason? You little well, obviously. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Mason is an observant guy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Abdul. Um, nah, Man City, man. That's where the Arab money's at. What about you, Mason? I am very much not following any of the uh, the soccer or football. Oh, why would you ask me then? I don't follow either, man. I was making that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk Mason. about Got me. Do you like cars, Mason? Say again? Cars. Do you like cars? No. His dad's a car really. salesman. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not that much into cars. I like the idea of owning a Chevy Impala because I'm a fan of Supernatural. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Abdul, what's your favourite car? Um, like taxi. I'm trying to... <laughs> what did he say? Like taxi. Just, just ignore that. Just ignore that. Um, I'm just trying to remember. I do Abdul have Abdul has a bit car. of an addiction. Elijah, let Abdul talk, please. Okay, sorry. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like, I'm not really into um, supercars or anything, but um, I don't know. I, I do like a Golf. I don't know. It just seems, it seems nice. <laughs> it's, it's a really small car. But, I was going to uh, say, I'm Abdul, new- you, you kind of strike me as a, a Kia Sportage man. I don't know. I just get that, get that vibe from you. Can we, Wait, can we go, who's that? Mason, can we go to the heart? This is a topic I think you should discuss in your podcast. And it's real. It's among the young generation and the old generation. Porn addiction. Oh, no. Okay. I'm serious, bro. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Sure. Legitimate addiction. All right, let's Legitimate talk about addiction. that. Sure. So when I was growing up at around wait, wait, wait. 12 years let old. Me, no, come on, just, Don't cut him off, Rami. Let me just... This All right, is, go. This is why I brought it up because, like, lately, I've gotten into this, especially with this isolation, this regular habit of, you know, not not time, you know, and I don't, I don't even feel, yeah, I don't, I don't even feel like doing it. But there's some, there's like a, it's like a program or some kind of withdrawal symptom in my head that's like I have to go on the website. Just a routine. Yeah, it's that like there is that addiction, like you know. When we were in year eight, we used to, we got we got like two two like speakers talking to us about how bad porn is and blah 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 and how it ruined their marriage and stuff and like I wouldn't oh, go to that yeah. I wouldn't go to that extent but like I can kind of relate to the addiction addiction part and now the older I get the more I realize see the addiction. What do you have to say about that, Macy? Well, I know that there and I need to look further into the studies that have been conducted on it, but I know that pornography has uh, effects on a human being's neurology and the way in which uh, a man perceives a woman. I know that when it comes to it, pornography is far removed from what actual physical intimacy is like. Um, So I think that like personally, like when I was 12, I had an addiction um, and then I stopped I go through phases, um, you know, like any guy. Um, I don't think it's right or wrong. I think it just is. And the fact that it's very popular might, I suppose, say something about society and how um, physical intimacy levels might be lower. And maybe people are shacking up and getting married with people that aren't right for them too soon. Who knows? I don't know. What's everyone else's thoughts on that? Does it? Do you think, do you think it's too convenient for people like, Everyone's got access to millions of hours of this content yeah. on a phone, laptop, you know, smartphone, iPod touch. If you're in year seven, your name's Rami. Like, you know, everyone's got the, uh, the access to it. Do you think it's too convenient now and, and everyone's really taking advantage to it, of it, sorry, and falling into that easy addiction? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very convenient. And I also think if you think about it this way, you know, AI sex bots, when that comes out, That'll be another thing that women won't like. However, I mean, to make it uh, gender neutral, who's to say that there won't be, you know, male, female, gender fluid, AI, sex dolls, right? And I think that's like, when that comes out and that's democratized in the world, then that'll be a similar effect on society that pornography has because it liberates, um, I suppose, the psychological urge, the instinctual drive that every guy or or human being in general has. And I don't think I I'm pretty neutral on it. I don't think if people want to watch it, that's great. But I do think being too addicted to it does affect the way in which you behave and treat women. I personally am a womanizer. So, I mean, that is what it is. Um, But I, I I don't really want to 
promote it or advocate for it. So, could you could you elaborate on that? The last thing you just said there, the womanizer part. Yes, um, I am. I am a, a ladies' man. I guess a little bit of a Casanova. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah. <laughs> makes the first movie. Yeah, with his, Elijah with his seventies porn mode. <laughs> well, I mean, the fanny like, tickler. Yeah. Uh, we call it a we call it a fanny tickler, Mason. <laughs> Ma- a- Abdul. <laughs> Abdul, Abdul, what are your thoughts on this? Come on, mate. Abdul's got a full. <laughs> Abdul's got a. Abdul's got a, a growth for a gangbang. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse what? me. What? <laughs> oh no, Mason. Oh shit, drink. Um. No, anyways, Abdul, what's your opinion on porn addiction? Well, I guess I guess the first thing is to recognize that it is a problem. And um, I think um, I think that's something the public may not be aware of how much of a problem it actually is. And um, I guess obviously there is a taboo around it. So that means we don't actually know how many people are actually addicted to it. And I mean, obviously, um, you know, we're young at the moment, so uh, it might not be as big of a problem for us, but. You know, down the line, if you're, you know, 20 years later, you're, you're watching pornography, it's not, it's not good for you. Um, I mean, psychologically. Mm. So uh, I think um, recognizing that it is a problem uh, would be a first step to uh, helping, helping solve this problem. Because um, it is real and it does, it does affect relationships. But because it's a taboo, we're not really aware of it. Yeah, I don't think it should be a taboo either. Hey, Abdul, because if we're openly discussing it, then we can clearly highlight the fact that it is that sex is a psychological motivator behind a lot of human beings to procreate, to raise a family. So if you're able to discuss it openly and it's not as taboo, then perhaps young men won't watch as much of it and they'll actually politely walk up to a girl and say, hey, I think you're kind of cute. You want to go for a coffee next week? And then after about three to four dates, three to four dates, enthusiastic consent, and then it's all good. The gentleman approach. Mm, What's a good topic? Tell us something you struggled with, uh, Mason. Something that I struggled with. What what is this? This conversation is like, are you trying to make me look like the leader of this group? Anyway, um, this is your show, Mason. I know, I know, but I've got so many people to talk to. Um, Mason, could I I just cut you off there real quick? Um, On a personal note, I've been watching the Power Passion podcast for close to 10 months now. I was there from day dot when uh, Larry Schubert used to co-host. Shout out, Larry, if you're watching. Um, Yeah, you know... um, I watched the True Footy podcast. I, I do watch uh, his show on his channel and yeah. it was kind of cool to see you guys collab. So we're, we all are pretty uh, big fans of yourself and your content. So yeah, you are the leader in this, I guess. Okay, anyway, yeah. yeah. What happened to Larry, man? Okay, so Larry. long story short, let's, let's get it out. Full disclosure. So Larry pretty much read my first book. That's how we partnered up to become co-host of the Power Passion podcast. Larry was a very good intellectual kind of Socrates bloke. You know, he liked to intellectualize and talk 
but he treated the Power Passion podcast like it was not work. So I pretty much attracted 80% of the guests. I uploaded all the content. I edited half of the, con well, most of the content. Every time he edited a few videos, he would make some mistakes. And then it got to a time where it was around, I think I was at Karawara in, yeah, near Curtin University at Nando's. And he says, don't you think it's delusional that people are happy in 2019 was the time that we had this conversation. And then I said, well, no, I don't really agree with that. I think if a person's happy, then they've got something that you don't have. So I proceeded to do a very, very uh, moderate social media post. And Larry's going to have a different version of events to the way in which I conducted it. So I suppose I was very authoritative in firing him, but it is what it is. Are you, are you and Larry still on speaking terms? Still friendship? Nope. nope. We don't Ooh, talk anymore. Okay. He blocked me on Facebook after I almost um, got the second room to where he lives in the share house. Room. Oh my. Yeah. He stopped. He's just like, I like you as a friend Mason, but uh, no, not as a roommate. I was like, what? Okay. Wow. Move on. So move on. Mason, move on. You're an alpha. He was quarantining himself from you, some might say. <laughs> that was, this was a while ago. This is before COVID-19. I'm just making a, a little joke there. But, oh, well, um, that's a bit of a shame. I liked old Larry. He had an interesting haircut, interesting personality. But um, if you are watching Larry, apologize. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway. <laughs> we kind of miss you. Oh, Abdul. Uh, Abdul, what did you think of Larry? Um, I think, you know, I think, I mean, um, you could really, um, see his intellectuality, you know, come out on the, um, on the, on the podcast, definitely. Um, but I guess it's, it's sometimes important to look at what happens behind the scenes as well. I mean, um, I know like usually when we watch content, it's all about what the content is, but perhaps we're not looking into the work that actually goes into it. So I think, um, it's, it's important to make sure that that's working well as well. I mean, um, if things are not working out in the background, then, you know, I guess there's no, uh, there's no point, uh, you know, carrying. Uh, I think forward. Abdul, you're correct there. And like retrospectively, I probably should have parted ways with Larry a lot sooner than I did. Cause otherwise I wouldn't have done the, the firing in the way I did. It was a, a pretty, uh, I, I was thinking about it for a long time, but, uh, but yeah, I probably I kinda, should have solved the problem a lot sooner than what I did, Elijah. Uh, sorry, I kind of thought you guys compl complemented each other quite well. Like you are this, you know, strong, chiseled jaw, alpha, <laughs> intellectual man yourself. But but Larry, he was he was this quirky. You could tell that he was a like a very switched on character, very individual, uh, intellectual. Back, mate, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. He's Do you miss Larry? Like in all honesty, I, miss... I always have time for Larry Schubert. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Rami, anyway. I want to know your views on the Church of Scientology. <laughs> the what? <laughs> Why not? L. Ron Hubbard. Church of Scientology. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Can we talk serious topics? I've seen it on St. George's Terrace, but I don't know what it actually is. <laughs> it's a cult. Can we talk about religion? Let's talk about religion starring in a movie about it. Rami, why don't you show the viewers at home your cross to, you know, defy your religion? 
There we go. Elijah, I know that you do a lot of modeling. You do a lot of modeling, Elijah. Come on, mate. Don't don't hide that. Tell me about your modeling experience. Tell us about the deal. Tell us we, about the deal. We talk about deal. We can't, we can't we can't disclose some things because there is there is a um a legal issue I suppose going on behind closed doors that um, we might need to cut this out. No, nah, yeah, it's funny. I hasn't said I'm saying stuff, Abdul. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I kind of thought you actually um, told me about this modeling thing, Mason. So I kind of uh, learnt that from you, I guess. Um, but yeah, I saw an opportunity. I thought, you know, I could it could motivate me to. We we were watching uh, the Derek Zoolander it. movie. Don't you remember, Elijah? We were watching that Derek uh, Zoolander yeah. movie, and we we're like, you know what? We can do that. We can do that. We can do hundred percent blue Zoolander. steel, all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Abdul, what's your favorite movie? Oh, favorite movie. Um, I mean, <laughs> recently thinking about it, um. You know, uh, I uh, I mean, I used to be a, a bit of a Pokemon fan growing up, so I I did quite like the the Detective Pikachu, <laughs> you know, of, of recent times. <laughs> you know, I, I watched it with my younger brother. So, um, but otherwise, I would say I really like The Martian. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, um, I'm watching that's the Robin Williams one. No, mate, The Martian's the one with freaking Matt Damon, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know what I was thinking about. You watch TV Matt Damon Heights. You watch TV series, um, Mason? Uh, I don't have much time these days to watch television, so I suppose I'm creating a form of it right now. But um, no, I, um, I've watched a lot of How I Met Your Mother, Suits. But uh, it's interesting to say that. Abdul, wouldn't you say that the things that we attach ourselves to in music, books, culture, really uh, say something about the human being and what they aspire to be? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think definitely um, we, I guess, I guess depends. You know, sometimes it could be content that we're, uh, you know, aspiring to be or perhaps something we relate to. Like um, I'd, uh, I just recently watched uh, 13 Reasons Why. Um, on Netflix, and I mean, that's a deep one. Yeah, it is. It is quite, uh, you know, quite a deep show. Um, uh, it tackles the issues of, you know, um, depression and sexual assault. Um, so, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, it's it's to do about relate to, uh, sorry, relate. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um as you said you know something you might be aspiring wait to, sorry um, what was that word <laughs> relatability is that a word yeah. relatability is a word sure why not oh relatability i thought he was saying like i don't know what he was saying actually <laughs> get your mind out yeah. of the elijah come on sorry sorry boys sorry boys yeah um and um, after watching 13 Reasons Why, I'm, I'm quite, I mean, at first, uh, you know, the, the emotions that were presented in it were quite, were quite I mean, they, they do quite affect you. But um, I guess at the end of the day, um, there is a reason why they have made this show. There was and 13 it, Reasons it, Why. Yeah, it is to um, you know, raise, raise awareness uh, 
about about mental health issues and how serious it can be, especially uh, bullying at school, um, sexual assault. And I guess as, um, as men, sometimes we don't really experience it as much, although it is there. But um, like, I mean, I can't imagine myself just, you know, walking through uni at night, being afraid that someone could do something to me. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of women have that fear and it's um you know it's it's just it, it shows that there's as a society there's uh more that we need to work on than uh, we already have done <coughs> excuse me yeah absolutely i i feel like that's, that's something that i'm always aware of because for example i was mentioning earlier in the podcast if i go up and try and chat up a girl right now if I don't pick up on the social cues that she's not interested in me, then I'm crossing a line, aren't I? Because this isn't a negotiation. I'm not trying to persuade or manipulate. I'm literally authentically going, hey, I'm Mason. I would love to experience how you view the world. This is how I view the world. And if we don't align and we don't get along, then that's cool. But I agree with you. As a guy, you can walk through a street um, and have your backup, obviously, look and be street smarts about, about it. But as a female, it's a lot, um, a lot more difficult, I suppose, to hold your own and a little bit more scary, depending on what type of female you are, though, because I know some, there's some tough chicks out there. Yeah. yeah Can I just ask a quick uh, question to Abdul uh, yeah. over there? Abdul, I've noticed um, through your social media that you're currently involved in a, a mental health type of program, like organization type of thing. Do you want to explain to us what that's all about? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, the project I'm part of is called How's Your Hal? So Hal is an Arabic word um, which, uh, which uh, describes uh, your, you know, your well-being or your state of mind. So it is, it is a... It is a word that's used across many different languages. So that's why we decided to use this uh, exact term. Um, and basically this project is about raising awareness of uh, mental health in multicultural societies, um, or you know, known as cult, which is culturally and linguistically diverse. Um, because, you know, I mean, mental health is, a, is an issue regardless, but especially in the multicultural communities, it's, it's quite bad. Like um, a lot of the community doesn't have the correct understanding of it. And um, you know, that, that often leads to stigma. And obviously there is a, there is a taboo around it. So we're, we're kind of working on, uh, you know, raising awareness and creating uh, not safe spaces, but brave spaces where, you know, mm -hmm. people can, um, you know, share their, their experiences and uh, so we can start working towards um, solving this problem, which is, which is really real and it's quite bad. Okay. So uh, do you want to kind of elaborate on your like roles that you specifically do in this project? Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've had, so our team is quite, quite diverse with, you know, some, a few uh, few people from Afghanistan and you know mine you know I'm from a Pakistani background there's another girl from a Pakistani background and um, there's um, someone from Africa 
there's uh, someone from Sri Lanka. So it's, it is quite a diverse group of people. And our, our project manager, he's, um, uh, he's actually Greek. So <laughs> lovely guy. Um, um, yeah, uh, my role had been uh, reaching out in the community and trying to um, contact uh, community leaders or uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Um, what's the term? I can't remember the exact term right now, but basically um, workers in, in mental health. Um, so we can get their view on it or perhaps what are the struggles with, uh, you know, dealing with multicultural youth, especially um, because I guess with mental health, um, you know, there's, um, it has to be catered differently for people from different backgrounds because um, you can't, it's, it's really hard to give uh, all people one solution if you, you know, don't take into account their background or their experiences. So I guess that's something else we're looking at into as well. And um, I've, contact, I've been in contact with some, some health professionals as well. Um, so, and, and some, you know, government offices, like uh, other team members have been, you know, in contact with some uh, government uh, members and uh, headspace and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, I, I think mental health is a huge thing. Um, like personally, take, take me for instance, right? So I'm embarking on this social media entrepreneurship journey, right? Half the time, I'll either go to bed happy or sometimes, and this is perfectly okay, by the way, I can cry. Sure. I've cried my eyes to sleep sometimes because the challenge oh. is huge. It's oh. huge. And for anyone, they might be a tradie. They might be a person that has just lost their job because of their hairdressing in position. I mean, everyone's going through stuff during this coronavirus crisis and we've all have to adjust and make do. It's literally, I suppose, the wake up call that millennials needed. And this is, this is like the GFC. This is like the Great Depression. And obviously, when things hit the fan, um, mental health is going to enter the fray. And uh, I love the fact that Abdul's doing stuff like that out there in the community. And with the isolation and um, policy that the government are like instituting, that's fine because you can still engage with the community through Skype calls, Zoom conference calls, or whatever form of technology you need to do in order to spread the right message. And I like the fact that you're actually out there doing something about it and every person is going to have a different psychological well, structure. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, definitely. And I, I guess with this kind of work, it's um, you're not just helping others, you're also helping yourself. Um, and because that's how mental health is, you know, um, it's not something that's just to do with others, it's to do with your own self as well. And um, as you were saying that, uh, you know, these, these issues, regardless of which cultural background or experience you come from, you're going to have certain issues in your life. And um, it's really important uh, to know how you can uh, work along those issues or better them or, you know, deal with these um, issues and ups and downs that, you know, come into your life. Absolutely. Elijah, now yeah. just to divert the conversation a little bit, 
what's the most entertaining thing you've seen during this coronavirus thing? Because you've obviously had to go out shopping or something like that. Is there anything? Because there are some funny things going along. First of all, and I, <laughs> Abdul's got a funny story to tell us. Go on. Abdul, please. You know, um, so I, I was just uh, sent a video by someone. So in, in, in Pakistan, there are actually uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, provinces in Pakistan are currently on lockdown. And um, so, <laughs> you know, um, I, I was sent this video of uh, some people being caught by the police um, outside, you know, not being at home, you know, uh, <laughs> without any, you know, reason to be outside. And, and the police was making them do squats. What? Really? Oh. <laughs> That sounds like <laughs> they, were, they were holding their ears. So it, sounds I don't like know, something I won't like. I'm, I'm a very yeah, Mr. No Legs no. over here. You know, it's that chicken thing. You know, um, you know I, I, ha- I actually had my, you know, mum used, my mum used to punish us like that. She would make us, you know, hold our ears and do squats. So it was, it was quite <laughs> <laughs> quite funny to uh, see that because I mean that's humiliating like uh, my mum used to hit me with a spoon man like <laughs> uh, I used to get chewy in my mouth <laughs> shout out to the mums out I, there I used- we love you we love you mums shout out yep shout out Mason, have you been punished before by your mother when you were younger? Oh god, my my mum terrifies me sometimes. <laughs> I love her though. <laughs> so um, no, my mum's very great. She's a beautiful woman, uh, and she uh, disciplines me, and she instills a lot of ethics. That I suppose if she wasn't there, um, I'd be a little bit more of an ethical, questionable, questionable personality. Sorry, Abdul, go on. <laughs> I was just saying. I was just saying discipline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a bit. Um, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know what the word would be. Nurtured. Oh no, 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 no. What did you say? Nurtured. Oh, nurtured. Nurtured. <laughs> I said no, I mean, virgin. I mean, That's definitely I mean, not true. <laughs> I mean, the thing about um, discipline is, uh, I guess. Um, I guess sometimes when it comes to discipline, um, it, certainly in uh, in multicultural communities, um, oftentimes discipline is actually abuse, and um, it's a uh, you know it's a serious issue in uh, multicultural communities, and I'm pretty sure that in various communities they have this issue, um, and uh, so that's why I'm very um, I don't know if the correct word is skeptical. I don't know if you would say skeptical here. I can't really think of the word um, about about discipline. So I I I I look at it um, differently. Um, you see, I think of it in 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 the manner that you know when you love someone, um, you know, for example, when you have when you have children in the future, I think when you when you give them when you give them so much love that even you being upset at them would kind of hurt them. So I think, um, you know, discipline can be uh, done in a much better way instead of, let's say, you know, physical, physical harm or something, or maybe even emotional discipline. Yeah, because um, human beings are very behavioral. And if it's just like yes. a, you're getting punished for everything, then you're not getting reward for the good. 
it's like a bit of tough love approach with my mum, but I love her. Do you think uh, taking away someone's Xbox would be a more effective punishment than the physical side of things, Abdul? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, me personally, I would rather have a smack than my Xbox taken away. (laughs) 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 Would not mind. Um, But uh, by the way, guys, I don't know. I, I have 50% battery. Somehow it's gone down to 3% already. Okay, well, then we'll conclude in the next, like, five minutes of door, man. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear something from Rami. He's been a bit silent there in the, he's in the been, corner. But he's been listening. Rami has been learning so much from this conversation and everyone else has been talking. So Rami he's been massaging is the smartest his left person, person in the <laughs> He's the smartest person in the room. Amazing. <laughs> to be honest... I wasn't listening. I was just staring at jawline. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think you're not gonna be single for too long now. No, I'm, I'm going to be committed to my right and left hands. Mason, <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask you a question. When when you talk to a girl, do you ever like say? By the way, I'm a published author and a podcaster. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm. I'm very direct about it, and I try and be authentic as possible. I, uh, I don't know. Anything goes, right? You've got to be spontaneous, I find. If you're not spontaneous, it's very difficult to attract anyone into your life. What's, what's like, give us three tips for picking up women. Oh, God, mm. here we go. Um, well, this is going to vary. Okay, sure. Why not? Okay, so some tips are, one, display your intentions from the get-go be blatantly obvious that you're asking them out for a date or a coffee right that's the short term if you want to like hurry up and get on a date second if you're going for like a long-term approach would be make sure that you're flirtatious with them get to know them and then display your intentions now i don't like the long-term approach too much because then if you're just their friend for a long period of time, then the girl's going to freak out and then you go, Hey, by the way, I actually like you. So it's better to say, Hey, I think you're kind of cute. I'd like to go out with you next week. Now this is a very assertive kind of way of putting it because the statement that I just said there is on the assumption that she's going to say yes. So that's a high risk, high reward maneuver. And in reality, it probably only gets you 20% out of 10 people that you ask. So I'm, I'm very good at the short term, but I need to get very much better at the commitment part and the long-term relationships. Are you saying you're a player? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, um, I'm just playing the game. Oh, here we go. I think Abdul's left the chat. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the power passion podcast. Elijah, Rami and Abdul have been terrific. Uh, Like and subscribe to the channel. And uh, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to experience a bit of broing out. Take care. Could you, could you plug uh, Abdul's websites and stuff in the description? I will do. No worries. Take care guys. Bye.